This is Cruise Radio. Do yourself a favor and always cruise with travel insurance. You can find a free quote at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio, a review of Celebrity Infinity this week. Dan Skilkin, president of tripinsurance.com, stops by to answer a couple of questions. One about getting norovirus on a cruise ship and if a travel insurance policy would help you. The other one is a story about a cruiser who got medevaced um, off the coast of Mexico. And to even be seen, they wanted $6,000 and then $25,000 cash to operate on him. And he did not have medical insurance or, or travel insurance, rather. So we'll talk about that. Before we get to Sherry with Cruise News, don't forget about the Cruise Radio YouTube channel. Just type in Cruise Radio there. And Cruise Radio News Briefs, Monday through Friday, quick hits of the news. We'd love to have you over there. Just type in Cruise Radio News wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. All right, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Doug. This first story, kid was sailing on Royal Caribbean's Symphony of the Seas. They were docked in Nassau, Bahamas, up on the 11th deck. And you can finish the story. Yeah, just like you said, uh, Symphony of the Seas was docked in Nassau. And this young man who later admitted to being still drunk from the previous night uh, decided to jump from his balcony on deck 11. And all the time he was getting ready to do that, his... um, if you want to call them idiot friends, caught the jump on video and posted it on Instagram. So luckily he wasn't killed and a small boat plucked him out of the water. He returned to this ship, but was told by cruise ship officials that he and his friends were being kicked off the ship in Nassau. And to top it off, he was banned for life from ever cruising with Royal Caribbean again. Virgin Voyages last week announced that they're going to have some pretty cool suites on their upcoming ship. They are. You know, I must have been sleeping when this came out because I just saw this the other day. Yeah, it's for the new Scarlet Lady, Richard Branson's new and first ship. They're going to have 78 rock star suites, of which 15 of those are going to be called mega rock star suites. And they have the, if you want to say, non-diminutive names like Massive, Fab, Posh, and Gorgeous Suites. Sounds like uh, the Spice Girls. Um, all, all suites will be located on deck 15 and suite guests will also have access to uh, up, up on deck 16 is Richard's Rooftop Cocktail Lounge. And if you purchase a Rockstar suite, you are then called a Rockstar Sailor and you will receive priority boarding, early access to onboard events. You'll have someone to unpack and then repack for you. And of course, if you're a Rockstar Sailor, you're going to have a special path to board the Scarlet Lady, sort of like a celebrity on a red carpet. So, you know, Richard Branson does everything to the nth degree. So uh, reservations for Scarlet Lady uh, will open up to the general public on, of course, Valentine's Day. But if you sign up online with a pre-sale deposit, you'll be able to reserve your stateroom starting uh, pretty soon on February 5th. So these suites are, I saw some pictures and they're, they're out of this world. So it seems like the past five years, MSC has been talking about this private island called the MSC Ocean K. And finally, like it keeps getting pushed back, but we're now getting some more details about it. Uh, What's the latest? Yeah, you know, I really can't believe it's been that long, but it has been several years. And they are starting their own private island. It's called Ocean Key, or K as some people say, Ocean Key Marine Reserve. The goal, you know, they're having this altruistic type Uh, mission, I guess. And they want to um, enlighten passengers to become more aware of the sea and the aquatic life. And 
They're going to have educational experiences um, when you're on the island. But, you know, because it's only 65 miles from Miami, um, it's going to allow the ships to stay at the island longer and even as late as 1 a.m. So they can do uh, movies under the stars and things like that. Uh, you know, they have there will be seven different um, recreation areas that comprise this Ocean Key Reserve. So there's going to be a lot little bridges going across. Um, MSC Maravilla, when it launches, will be the first ship to call at Ocean Key, and it's going to be November of 2019, which is only several months away. And in the meantime, work crews are still cleaning up all sorts of garbage and industrial waste, and construction is underway. Last but not least, an issue with a Carnival Cruise Line ship in the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> what happened here? Carnival Valor was en route to Cozumel from Galveston. Uh, when somewhere around noon, the ship suddenly came to a halt and the electricity on board ceased to exist. Carnival said that uh, certain functions of the ship were just out of service, but within about an hour, the air conditioning kicked back on. All was fine, and the Valor continued on course to Cozumel. Luckily, it was only an hour that they were without uh, most of their power. All right. And uh, as far as we know, no itineraries have been impacted or anything like that. So that's good for Valor. Mm -hmm. Let's keep the lights on, keep everything going, and <laughs> uh, get to our next port of call. Listener question here from Lewis. You have a listener question. Drop me a line, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. This one may be a tough one. My wife and I don't have kids but are young at heart. We really like the bar, uh, bar nightlife and gambling. We like family-friendly shows and entertainment. We've only cruised five times, the last four on Disney. So after all of that, is there a cruise line you'd recommend, or does it seem like we should stick with Disney? You know, I, I gave this a lot of thought, Louis, um, and I just came to a couple of conclusions. Like you said, uh, you and your wife like more adult-type um, features. You know, you don't want to be running around with parents and their little kids. So you go off and do your own thing on Disney and you've been on there four times, so you seem to know your way around and what you like. Um, so uh, trying to think of another cruise line that you might experience um, in, in the same price, you know, price range as Disney, which gives you a lot of room. Um, I was going to mention Virgin Voyages that we just talked about, but um, they won't have a casino. Um, so then I said, well, um, but there's no kids. Uh, the other thing I was thinking of was Oceana, because you mentioned you used to go to Palo on Disney, so you like high-end dining, um, and I think all the restaurants on Oceana are included. But, you know, it's kind of iffy because you like the all-inclusive dining, from what I understand what you were saying, which would mean you'd have to go with, say, a Crystal or a Region or one of those that includes all those venues, but you don't do the shore excursions, and then you'd be paying for something that you you know, that you rarely use. So, you know what? You've accrued loyalty points with Disney. Um, I know a lot of people that they'll, they'll have stick with one cruise line. Oh, we want to try another one. And all they do is compare the one they're on with the one that they really love. So, and they're never happy. So I don't know, maybe do one or two more Disney's and then see what restaurants on what ships you might like. You know, if you like sushi, if you don't mind four or five thousand people if you don't mind paying a minimum amount for specialty restaurants then you know you could even try norwegian they have a thousand restaurants and they're really very reasonably priced in my opinion so i don't know you've already got four cruises under your belt with disney one more one or two more and you'll be bumped up to the next loyalty level so that might be worth doing and then once you get to another level 
um, where you get more amenities, then you could ease off and go with another one and build up some points there. But um, I don't know. It's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you, Sherry, with staying with the until you get bumped up to the next loyalty and see if you want to bail from there. I jotted down Oceana, Regent, Holland America, and Celebrity. I know not all of those have all-inclusive restaurants, but really good and solid food. Yep, so. I had I had Holland America right here. I wrote even Holland America. They've really amped up their music venues. Yeah, but their but their specialty restaurants are additional, and and they're not you know five or ten dollars more. So that's why I wasn't quite sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they've got a big. They've got a casino. They've got um, the Rolling Stone Rock Room. So nightlife. They go on till closing time, and they're they're packed. So it's a lot of fun. I hope that helps you, Lewis. We've been talking with Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Doug. Cruise season is in full swing right now, and we're getting a lot of questions about trip insurance and the coverage it does. So on the line with us right now is Dan Skilkin, president of TripInsurance.com. Hey, Dan. Doug, it's a pleasure to be back on the show. Yeah, thank you for coming on and answering these questions. This this first story was out a couple of weeks ago, and it's really tragic, but uh, it. I guess it happens. We heard a story last week of a man who needed emergency surgery in Mexico, and the hospital would not see him unless he had $6,000 cash to be admitted, and then an additional $25,000 cash for the surgery, and the man didn't have travel insurance. So if he had travel insurance, would this have helped him, even though they wanted the cash up front? And this is one of those cases where it really made sense to have travel insurance. Every travel insurance policy we sell and everyone that I know in the industry typically comes with a traveler assistance telephone number that you can call that they'll help you. Uh, you know, in the case of tripinsurance.com's policies, uh, On Call International is the company that provides our international traveler uh, assistance. They will help find a suitable hospital for, um, for a traveler. Uh, they'll schedule medical evacuation and they'll actually take care of all the medical evacuation to get you to the hospital. They'll prepay the hospital if necessary. They'll coordinate the medical care from the United States with the doctor in the United States and provide translation services. They'll cover the hotel costs of a travel, traveling companion to stay with you because the ship may have to, have to leave while you're at the hospital. Um, and we'll cover the cost to get you back to the ship if you're actually capable of rejoining your cruise, um, or they'll help you get home. Uh, there are some cases where it's more appropriate to medically evacuate you home if you can't get proper treatment at the hospital. So um, these are, are the cases where you, you really do want to have the travel insurance because they'll cover all of this with the hospital up front. Our next question has come up regarding insurance and canceled cruises. A listener asks, if I've canceled a cruise but rebooked it with the same company, can I transfer the insurance I've already purchased, or do I have to purchase a new policy? Well, the the question of whether or not you can transfer uh, an existing travel insurance policy to a new cruise is really very dependent upon whether the deposit date changed for your trip. In some particular cases where they're applying your deposit in full to the new cruise, your original deposit date still stands. And if that's the case, we can typically um, change the dates of travel and transfer uh, a travel insurance policy over to that new cruise. But if the deposit date changes, for instance, the, uh, the cruise company refunds your original deposit, and then charges you a new deposit uh, or applies your deposit to the new cruise, 
Uh, if they're doing that, the deposit date may actually change. And if it does, then we have to issue, issue a new policy. Most of the cases, if there isn't a penalty for canceling the previous trip, we have been able to convince the insurance company to refund the plan, to cancel and refund the plan when we, when we, when we set you up on a new plan. But it really very much depends upon when that deposit date changes for the trip. Now, if you book a trip, uh, a future trip, a lot of times you're taking a cruise and the cruise company will offer you a discount if you'll put in a deposit on a future cruise, but you haven't actually picked the cruise date yet. That is not considered your initial deposit date. Um, the initial deposit date is set when you call up the cruise company and actually pick a date for a cruise and you actually spend that deposit. So I hope that helps. Dan, this might be a stupid question. I'm going to ask you anyways. Why is that deposit date so important? Because it triggers things like a cancel for any reason clause for the pre-existing condition waiver. And so when they're trying to figure out how to pay your claims, that deposit date is really important for the insurance company to prove whether or not, for instance, the the medical coverage would cover the problem. Did you have the pre-existing condition waiver? If you didn't have a pre-existing condition waiver, well, then it's not that big of a deal. Or you don't have cancel for any reason, it's not that big of a deal. But if you do have that, that pre-existing condition waiver, it's pretty critical. And Rich has the next question. Rich asks, is it possible to buy one policy that covers multiple cruises, or do you have to buy a separate policy for each cruise you book? It sounds like he's talking about one of those annual plans or a per-cruise plan. Rich, if you're booking back-to-back cruises, you could buy one travel insurance plan that would cover them. Um, But if you're taking many cruises spread out throughout the year, I really recommend people insure them separately, in part because you don't want to be insuring time that you're at home. You don't want to pay for medical coverage, for instance, when you're at home. And if you get hurt on one cruise, you could cancel the later cruises uh, and get uh, because you can't travel. Uh, and get the benefits from them. So you're a lot better off if you've got multiple cruises spread throughout the year to just insure them separately. And the last question comes from Chris. If you were impacted by the norovirus outbreak, as we saw a couple of weeks ago on Oasis of the Seas, would a travel insurance policy have helped you? This is a tough question. It depends upon the circumstances. Most of the time, the the cruise company is, is compensating the passengers. And in this particular case, they had come back, the cruise line refunded everybody on board for, for their crews and got them hotel and, and sent them back early and paid for their air, airfare charges. But there are two areas that I think you need to remember for, for these kinds of circumstances. The first one is to remember that travel insurance doesn't insure you for a bad trip. We've had situations, for instance, where bathrooms backed up on board a ship and and you couldn't use the bathroom in your in your cabin or something like that, and the trip was an absolute disaster. But the reality is there was no actual financial loss. You just had a really bad time. Unfortunately, no travel insurance covers you for a really bad time. In the particular case where a ship may break down and it can't provide, the common carrier can't actually provide carriage for uh, like four or five or six days, that's a time when you really want the travel insurance because you start to have more options and you particularly want it to cover either end of your vacation. Um, You may not have bought your airline tickets from um, from the cruise company. You may have booked some of your trip at the beginning or the end of the cruise separately. And that is typically not covered by the travel insurance you're buying from the cruise company. 
but it will be covered from a third party like tripinsurance.com. And so you want to make sure that at least you've got a clause in the plan that covers mechanical breakdown of a common carrier. U.S. Fire, for instance, on our site includes that. And as a result, we typically recommend U.S. Fire on our site for uh, people that are cruising to make sure they're covered in the case that the, uh, the boat breaks down. So in a case like norovirus, where the cruise line has taken care of you, most of the time you're, you don't have a claim because everything you're being taken care of already. It may help cover you for any travel arrangements you lost at the beginning or the end of the trip, mm-hmm. but it really wouldn't cover you there because, the, because the, the cruise company has made you whole. But in these circumstances, for instance, where I've heard of passengers, they get locked in their cabin because they have, you know, they get sick, they mm-hmm. get the norovirus and they don't want it to, to affect the whole ship. So they lock them in their cabin. That's one of those circumstances where, you know, you look at this and say travel insurance can't really cover you, even though you were you are a prisoner in your own cabin and the vacation sucked. It's a lot like getting rained out on a vacation. Yeah. No travel insurance will typically cover that, unfortunately. So um, all you can really hope to do is stay healthy when you when you get on one of these ships. Wash we, your hands a lot. We've been talking with Dan Skilkin, president of TripInsurance.com. Dan, as always, a pleasure talking to you, my friend. Yeah, have uh, have a great season. We're getting we're getting into cruise season where everybody's booking their cruises for the summer. Uh, if anybody needs any help, they're welcome to send us uh, questions either to you or to support at tripinsurance.com. We're happy to answer them and help them out. We'd love to hear your comments. Email comments at cruiseradio.net. When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide, like Rome, Vatican City, St. Petersburg, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting CruisingExcursions.com. If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News skill so you can get daily updates anytime. Straight from Cruise Radio. Kevin just returned from a four-night sailing aboard Celebrity Infinity. It went from Port Everglades down to Key West and Nassau, Bahamas. Kevin joins us on the line. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Doug, how are you? Good, man. I don't think we've heard from or about Celebrity Affinity in a little while, so I'm excited to talk about this ship because it's one of Celebrity's older ships, but um, yet a popular ship. It's going to go to dry dock here in the next couple of years to get that big edge treatment like Celebrity Edge has, their latest ship that came out. So before we get to uh, Celebrity Infinity, let's take a step back here. What made you want to pick this four night? Because four nights is kind of a short cruise for someone living in Washington. It is, but yeah, we were trying, we chose a time that was kind of right between Christmas and New Year's because, you know, easier to get time off from work and everything. And then uh, we actually came across a really good deal that Celebrity was offering at the time, um, you know, which gave some really nice incentives uh, that definitely made a very attractive one. We'd never actually sailed Celebrity before, so it's also the opportunity for us to get to try a new, new cruise line. Okay, very good. Uh, you make your way to Fort Lauderdale. Did you do any, like, pre-cruise stay there before your sailing? Yeah, we did. I mean, as you kind of talked about, it takes a it takes a good you know, amount of time to come all the way from Washington. Uh, we flew into Fort Lauderdale and just kind of we only we, did, we only just spent the night before um, you know kind of hotel right by the port to make it for an easy getaway the next day onto the ship. Okay, and you make your way to the terminal. What was the embarkation like um, from curb to the ship? 
it was really quick. So uh, this this ship was going out of the new uh, Terminal 25 and, and Port Everglades, and um, it was definitely a really nice terminal. And probably from curb to ship, at most 15 minutes, probably closer to 10. Um, seemed like we pretty much consistently were uh, walking uh, from all the way from the curb to uh, just a short stop of the check-in counter and get our sea uh, pass cards and onto the ship. Isn't that a beautiful terminal? It is. It's really nice. I mean, you could definitely tell as you're going in the escalators that are just inside the the entry doors and mm-hmm. how how fresh and new it is and um, really really uh, well done by Celebrity. So you make your way on board Infinity. What were your first impressions? It was a nice ship. I mean, you know, it's definitely a little bit older. I think it uh, first came out in you know, around 2001. I think if I remember right. So it's, it is like you said, one of their older ships, but. Um, it is definitely still you know well maintained and uh, you know very well appointed. June 9th of 2000, according to Wikipedia. Well, there you go. You were yeah. close. So it's coming up on a new new birthday here. Yeah, in a months. <laughs> right. Does celebrity have the 1:30 rule for the staterooms being like not being ready until 1:30? They do. That's correct. I care if it was one or one thirty for our sailing, but it was def. It was definitely not right when we boarded because I mean, we do. My wife and I like to kind of get on the ship, you know, as soon as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that way we can start our vacation early, right? Yeah. And uh, but it it was like one or one thirty when uh, staterooms became available, and it was pretty much whatever time they told us when we checked in at the t- or at the uh, at the counter at the terminal. They basically said, yeah, it's you know, it'll be, it was right on that time frame. Okay. So what kind of stateroom did you book and what did you think of it? So we had booked a aqua class room, aqua class balcony room. Um, so those are kind of typically higher, higher deck um, balcony rooms that are more midship for the most part. Um, and it's kind of just basically your standard uh, balcony stateroom, um, you know, typical amenities, you know, as far as in, in the stateroom, but had a nice, uh, some nice perks associated with it. Uh, which you know we got to use throughout the throughout the sailing. What kind of perks were they? So some of the perks included uh, well, they actually included a priority you know boarding, uh, which was nice to have a little bit of a shorter line at the at the check-in desk. Uh, but you know when we came in, came through, really what didn't save us a huge amount of time. Uh, some of the other things also is it had uh, some extra spa amenities, access to their. Um, Oh, I think they call it the Persian Gardens on the ship. Um, kind of similar to, uh, if, if anyone's familiar, it's like the Cloud Nine uh, Spa uh, suite, uh, thermal suites. Mm-hmm. It was similar to that uh, on from Carnival, but this on Celebrity, of course. Um, they also had a private dining room that you could go to uh, for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, which was included in your uh, in your fare. What did you think of the thermal suite? It was nice. Uh, you know, definitely didn't have a lot of the bells and whistles since it was uh, kind of a, against an older ship and all, but it was definitely nice. Uh, you know, a couple had a couple of steam rooms and some places you could kind of sit, sit down on some hot rocks and so forth. And uh, was typically very quiet for the most part. Uh, you could tell, I mean, they, I think they had a lot of aqua class rooms on the ship, uh, but I don't know if, you know, people were just kind of slowly utilizing them or not, but uh, it was it was always usually you know, not very crowded at all, no matter what time of day we went. With the suite, the the layout of the suite, was it much different than, um, let's just compare it to like a Carnival Cruise Line balcony room? Was it like a lot bigger than that? The Aqua Class balcony room, is, it is actually just a regular balcony room, but it's it's about the same size, I would okay. say, as a, as a typical Carnival balcony room. Uh, not really much difference as far as the actual size and, you know, as the bedroom and also the, the bathroom as well. Still pretty small, you know. The last dry dock this ship had, it actually got some restaurants that were on the, or that are on the Solstice class, like it's got Tuscan Grill and such. Uh, so let's talk about dining. What were your um, impressions of the main dining room and what time dining did you have? 
So we actually had the uh, like basically their version of anytime dining. I think they call it celebrity uh, choice dining. Mm-hmm. And so we're the nice thing about it was that you could actually go online ahead of time before you um, step foot on the on the ship and actually select your select your dining time um, anywhere from I think it was like five forty five all the way until uh, eight thirty or nine o'clock at night and it's like in fifteen minute inc- increments. It's almost like uh, using Open Table in a way. Um, so you could pre-reserve those times. Um, you didn't have to. Uh, so like when you got to the dining room itself, uh, there was two different lines, one for if you had a reservation and one if you didn't. Uh, but definitely the line that had reservations was moving a lot quicker. Um, but as far as the actual uh, service was concerned, it was, it was actually pretty good. Um, we got seated really quickly. Uh, we showed up a few minutes late to our, our um, like our first uh, reservation, but we got seated within about five minutes. And uh, just as just my wife and I, and so we were seated at that table for two, um, and the service was was pretty good. Um, what, one thing we did find out though is that with our with our Aqua class room, we actually had access to a restaurant called uh, Blue, mm-hmm. uh, B L U, and uh, so it's where so it's a private dining room in a way, um, in, in a, on a separate deck of the ship. Uh, however. You could order, they had a separate menu that you could order from, which was still all included in the Aqua Class price, um, or you could order from the main dining room. We didn't quite realize that it was included in our fare right at the beginning. Um, so we uh, ate at the main dining room for the first night, but then we ate at uh, Blue uh, the rest of the nights, where you also, same thing, you could make a reservation, you know, kind of once you got on board. You couldn't make it ahead of time, obviously, since we didn't know about it <laughs> either. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, we, we, you know, which we never actually did make a reservation for those, uh, but usually we were seated uh, very, very quickly. And the service there also was, was spectacular. So for 10 years, I've been thinking that Blue was a like a very green and clean type eating place, like spa yeah. menu and salad and really like um, fish, chicken and all that. But I recently saw the mm-hmm. menu in Blue. I'm like, holy crap, I've been wrong for 10 years. Yeah, it was really good. I mean, you know, most of the time, I mean, like, you know, the first, again, like the first night we had Blue, which was night two of the, of the sailing, we just ordered from, like, we didn't know you could order from the main dining room either mm-hmm. at that point. So we just ordered from the, the, the restaurant or the menu that they gave us at the restaurant and then the, our t- uh, the person, the people that were next to us at the table, like, oh, you could also order from the main dining room. You can get either one, you know. But I don't think we ever, honestly, I mean, we we started looking at the main dining room menu as well, uh, which was usually posted right in front of the dining room. And we honestly, we always just order from the, main, the just the blue restaurant, you know, menu, which often had like, you know, at least a steak or two on the menu, you know, lobster tail. I mean, your typical really nice fare, you know. Mm-hmm. So we we really enjoyed the service there. Did you dine uh, in the Tuscan Grill at all? We did not. We actually did not do any of the specialty dining. Okay. Uh, we just typically did. We, we often, we, we rarely do on most of our sailings. We often try and stick with what's included, but we'll move around to different different venues. Like this one, this particular ship had a, you know, a, a burger joint right by the pool, kind of mm-hmm. like Guy's Burger, um, but, you know, and that, that we actually had on embarkation day. Uh, to kind of avoid the huge crowds at the buffet. And that was really, really good. Yeah, let me ask you about that. How was the Ocean View Cafe? It was pretty good. Um, they, you know, the, everything that they had there um, at the 
uh, you know, on, on up there was pretty good. I mean, as far as um, a lot of different choices and, and everything. So I would definitely say it's probably one of the nicer uh, cruise line buffets um, based off of atmosphere and also just easy to get around. They had a lot of different stations throughout, um, you know, so that it wasn't really ever too terribly crowded uh, where you felt like you were elbow to elbow with your person next door to you. What did you think of the entertainment on this four night? The entertainment was pretty good. So the very first night they had, um, uh, pro- not a production show, they had a you know, guy that kind of did like impressionist, I guess you could say. Um, and he was, he was okay. Uh, not the greatest in the world, but you know, he was pretty entertaining. Um, they also, uh, had two production shows throughout, uh, throughout the four, four night sailing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were really good. I mean, I was, you know, I've seen production shows both on rural Caribbean and also carnival. And I would say this, these were definitely near the top of top of the list. Um, I mean, they even include some um, acrobatic type stuff where people were up in the air, um, you know, flying across the stage. And that was really, really pretty cool on the, on the, at sea, you know. Yeah. Now, as far as music around the ship, how was that? The music was good. Uh, there was definitely uh, not as much as I'd say on, you'd see on, like, say, Carnival or, or World Caribbean. But, you know, there was definitely some nice music, um, all different kinds uh, throughout the ship uh, and throughout the day as well. So, you know, some of the entertainment that they often had, you know, were, you know, the celebrity is pretty big with like the silent disco mm-hmm. as an example. And so they had, they had that every night. Um, that's where you have the um, earphones that you, that you that everyone kind of puts on and you have uh, three different stations that you can you can pick from. And so everyone, you know, a group of three, everyone could be listening and dancing to three different kinds of music if they wanted to. And, uh, you know, we also they, we also enjoyed the karaoke as well. Um, and that was pretty entertaining, too. I've never done a silent disco. So you did it, right? We did, yeah. Okay. And did you enjoy it? It was interesting. Yeah. It was different. In general, we probably enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was a hard concept, I guess, to get used to, right? Because usually you go to, you know, dance club or something like that on the ship and, and everyone's listening to the same, you know, DJ. And they definitely had that, um, especially around their, uh, like their martini bar and, you know, midship roughly. Um, but, you know, th- for this one, it was just in one of their lounges. And yeah, it was kind of weird walking in and like seeing these people dancing and, not hearing what music at first they were they were dancing to, you know that was pretty kind of that was pretty crazy. I'm just like wondering because I I have never been even in college I was never a club person so I'm just yeah. like wondering how I would um, like a silent disco. So next time I sail on a ship, I think they're all doing them now. Like I know Norwegian has them, uh, Royal has them, MSC has them, and Celebrity has them now. So um, it's definitely the new craze, I guess, going yeah, across the cruise lines. It sure I imagine like I see them on all of them at some point, at least one night, if they, whenever they get the technology too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so let's talk about the sea days on the ship. Um, how did the ship uh, handle during the sea days as far as crowds and congestion? I thought it went pretty well. And so there was only one sea day, which was right in the middle of our two port stops. Uh, and I, you know, it seemed like, you know, the ship is, again, it's relatively small, but, you know, comparatively, but it's, I think it's about 2,000 guests, if I recall. Mm-hmm. Um, and really it wasn't too terrible. I mean, anywhere we walked, uh, you know, I think the only areas that obviously were the most crowded are the typical ones uh, by the pool or, you know, in the, uh, in their solarium area, uh, you know, and so forth. But, you know, as far as the eating establishments or anywhere else, you kind of walk throughout the ship. It really wasn't too bad. Um, okay. It was pretty well laid out. And, you know, as far as balance was not feeling too crowded, but also still quite a few people. And the smoking situation um, in and around the casino, how was that? It was none. Um, I'm not sure if it was banned uh, from oh. the casino or not. But Yeah, it actually says it right here. Smoking is not permitted in any dining venue, casino, theater, lounge, hallway, elevator, or corridor on celebrity cruise ships. 
All right. Yeah, there you go. So, I mean, obviously, if you're a non-smoker, then, then uh, it's a good crew line. You don't have to worry too much about the smoke at yeah. all and anywhere. So you went to uh, Key West and Nassau. Give me a highlight from each. So in Key West, uh, so I think most Royal Caribbean and celebrity ships stock at the Navy Pier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a little bit of a, a distance. I mean, not huge. Obviously, Key West isn't that big. But um, it's a little bit of a distance from the heart of Key West where they actually make you um, – you can't walk – anywhere because you are on an active military base. And so they provide complimentary uh, trolleys and, and shuttles uh, into the heart of Key West. Um, so we, we had arranged uh, for an uh, excursion directly through, uh, through Celebrity, which was a catamaran snorkel. Um, and that was pretty good. So I mean, they, they, they picked us up obviously right outside the ship, took us into the town, and uh, we joined the, the boat. Um, unfortunately, the the seas were a little rough at that time, um, and we even felt it on the ship itself uh, coming into Key West. And so they, and we were apparently supposed to go to a snorkel spot over in the Atlantic Ocean, but we ended up having to go to a snorkel spot over in the Gulf of Mexico, which is a big deal for where Key West is. I mean, it's right on the border, right? So um, it was pretty easy. Because of the high winds and everything, um, the snorkeling was definitely not the greatest in the world, but they did a great job of warning us several times uh, up and I mean, up until we departed on the actual boat to take us to snorkeling about the visibility and warning us and, and basically telling us, if you don't want to do this, you can definitely get off and we'll give you a full refund, which was nice uh, to yeah. give you that warning. But, you know, such a short sailing and not very many opportunities to get into the water. We definitely took them up on the offer to continue on with our excursion. Okay. And then uh, Nassau? So Nassau, we went to um, Blue Lagoon, um, and we did the sea lion experience uh, at, at Blue Lagoon. Uh, so that as well was where, as directly through Celebrity, uh, where we met up with the, with everyone actually um, on the ship is where they do where they were doing a lot of their excursions for Nassau, and then they would escort you off to another holding area, and then onto the, the boat to actually take us to Blue Lagoon. Um, and that's that was pretty nice. Where we, you um, as soon as you got to one of those holding areas that give you a wristband uh, within an assigned time uh, to do your experience. And so as soon as we got to the island, actually to Bulugan Island, uh, which was about a 20 to 30 minute, um, you know, short boat ride out there, uh, you know, nice little tour of Nassau Harbor and way on its way out there. But, um, you know, we got to go straight to the sea lion experience and that was pretty cool. We never done something like that before uh, where you got to kind of, you know, pet and you know a sea lion and watch some you know very up close uh um, activities with with the sea lion and then they do another spot where they'll take a photo for you of one basically hugging you and so forth that was pretty cool uh to get to experience something like that and then you got to enjoy the rest of your day um on their beach and so that was pretty pretty nice and they'd offer several different uh shuttles back to to the cruise ship and they would announce that as soon as you got there just like hey fyi you can choose from these times based off of whatever ship you're on which would coincide with their departure time isn't the water there amazing it is yeah. it is really really nice i'm very clear and very uh, we had a great time i mean the, the hospitality there was really nice um and we, we we definitely highly recommend to anybody. Very nice. So you make your way back to Port Everglades. Uh, how was your debark? Debark was really quick. Um, I would say probably from ship to curb was five to ten minutes. Uh, you know, at most. I mean, the longest hold spot was probably them scanning our card, getting off the ship. Um, you know, as soon as we got down 
uh, you know, our bags were obviously there, and then there was literally no line at uh, customs. And we we were we did a post cruise excursion through um, Celebrity just because our flight wasn't until later in the in the uh, afternoon and and everything. But I don't think that really affected that time. I think you know it seemed like I mean they they took us we had us meet in a lounge, um, you know, at a specific time. But as soon as they they basically made an announcement, oh your your bus is ready for you, and they seemed like they pretty much took us through just the general depart process. You know, there's really no express line or anything for us yeah. um so i feel like that time frame would fit for anybody so do you have any first time tips to offer anyone sailing celebrity infinity i think the biggest thing would be is just you know it doesn't hurt to um, try a new cruise line um you know we've like you know kind of mentioned before like you know we've, we've definitely sailed a lot in carnival a little bit on world caribbean um and never on celebrity going into this so i mean no matter what cruise line you're looking at whether it's celebrity norwegian carnival or another one out there doesn't hurt to give them a whirl. Um, you know, you might enjoy it. You might not, who knows, but you know, a cruise, a cruise, there's most cruise lines offer the same basic benefits, right. You know, and so you're going to have a good time and we definitely did celebrity in general does go towards more of an older crowd on average, Mm -hmm. you know, so my wife and I are in our early to mid thirties. So we did feel a little out of place, you know, on our sailing, but it wasn't a big deal still had a great time. It makes you feel and, young, uh, man, right? It does. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, and we had a we had a great time, you know, and we highly recommend to anybody. We have some sailings coming up. They're not on celebrity, but that's not that's not that we wouldn't sail them again. We definitely would. The other tip would probably be is is uh, no no I mean if you do book a upgraded um, class of your know, room like we did in the aqua class, you know, I highly recommend just making sure you're aware, well aware of the, the benefits and perks ahead of time. That way, like, you know, for instance, you know, we, we missed out on our first night eating at Blue, you know, which would have been cool to get to experience that all throughout. You know, we didn't have a bad experience in the dining room, you know, the main dining room, um, but it would have been extra special to get to enjoy Blue every night, you know, and, and everything. So, you know, definitely know all the all the bells and whistles and, and perks of your whatever class or service that you, you book. So what made you turn that corner and be like, oh, you know what, we can go to Blue. We don't have to go to the main dining room again. We received a card about it on the very first night, on the very first day, actually. And we just didn't, we, you know, it was actually talking, there was another slip about specialty dining and offering a discount. And so we just kind of assumed that it was specialty dining. And, but we also had an idea that was somewhat included in our room, but we weren't, we thought, well, maybe we got like a discount, right? Like for everybody else, it's $50. For you, 10 We thought that might be the mm-hmm. case. You know, and then after we ate the first night at the main dining room, we went upstairs and my wife said, you know, let's go, let's go ask them. And we did. And they're like, oh, no, actually, actually, we're like embarrassed for us. Like, oh, you know, you could have eaten here. It's complimentary. It's part of your, you know, part of your pack, you know, your, your package of, you know, your room class. Like, oh, great. <laughs> you know, and then we knew for going forward. It was a great perk to come across uh, yeah. to find out it was actually free. So looking back, what was the biggest highlight of your cruise? It's going to sound cheesy, but just having a great time, I mean, you know, trying something new. Uh, you know, we, we both had been to Key West before. We both had been to Nassau before. But, you know, getting to try something new with, with a different cruise line and getting to experience what they have to offer. 
And uh, that's, you know, we definitely, like I said, we'd sell them again. You know, no, no, no questions asked on that. Final thoughts of Celebrity Infinity. I think it's a great cruise. I mean, I think it's a great ship. I think it's a great cruise line. Um, you know, it, it is an older ship, but I think, you know, if you're definitely looking at trying something new, trying, you know, trying a different ship out there, it's definitely one to consider. If there's a great deal on it, take them up on it. That's why we got on the ship and we had no worries about it. And we definitely look forward to going back on another celebrity ship again in the future. Been talking with Kevin about his four-night cruise aboard Celebrity Infinity. Thanks for being on, Kevin. No problem. Thanks, Doug. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.